Welcome to Stacking M's, the podcast where we talk about marketing, money, and mindset because stacking millions won't happen without a consistent focus on those things. My name is Tara Payton. I'm a marketing expert and coaching consultant who spent 14 years working with major corporations and Fortune 500 companies, helping them with their marketing to make them millions. So this podcast is a place for me to help product-based and consumer business owners like you learn how to optimize your marketing to make more, learn how to leverage your money, and how to invest to grow your business. Also, we're talking about how to make sure your mindset is always elevating so you can actually enjoy this ride. Turn up the volume, prepare to take some notes, and get ready to really stack those M's. So welcome to another episode of Stacking M's with me, Tara Payton, marketing consultant and business coach. And today, I am joined by a very special guest. She's going to help y'all get y'all ad strategy together because y'all be asking me about ads and I'll be like, I don't do ads and I don't want to teach you how to do ads and all that stuff. So anyway, y'all know here at the podcast, we focus on marketing, money, and mindset. And Aaliyah Ray Dorsey is all of those things, right? She is, you know, she focuses on the ads, but she is very much a strategist at heart. And I love that about her and seeing her interact and coach is what just kind of lights me up and it lights up she and her clients. So welcome to the podcast, Aaliyah. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. This is so dope. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just jump right into it. I didn't do your intro any justice. So if you would... (laughs) Give us the good. rundown, like tell us who you are and um, yeah. what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Aaliyah Ray. Um, my company, Ray of Light Digital, is all about Facebook and Instagram ads, right? So I am a Facebook ads coach. I used to be in the realm of managing uh, ad accounts for beauty brands, and that is my niche. I specifically help e-commerce beauty brand founders, okay? Um, And I used to manage ads for brand founders, but I really enjoy teaching, and I realize that even if you have someone running your ads, you still need to understand what's going on in your own ad account, right? And so, yeah, so um, now I teach brand founders how to DIY their ads or to get knowledgeable enough about ads so that when they do outsource and hire an agency, they can't get taken advantage of. They'll know exactly what's going on, what should be happening, what shouldn't be happening. And it just makes the process and experience so much better for them. Mm. So a few questions I have based on yeah. So why beauty, why e-commerce beauty brands? Uh, So I've been in the beauty industry for about 11 years now. So before I did Facebook ads, um, I was a makeup artist, but I've always been more on the side of selling beauty. So I did makeup, but really to get you to buy the makeup that I was doing because I worked for uh, big box department stores like Nordstrom. I've worked as a vendor at Sephora. I've worked for Blue Mercury. So all these different retail stores and brands like NARS, uh, Bobby Brown, I've worked for Clinique, so many, right? Mm. So my my background is just all beauty. Mm. And I even had my own beauty uh, brand at one time. I had an e-commerce online beauty brand. And I honestly struggled so much with sales mm. 
mm. that from that e-commerce piece. Like when I was standing in front of you, I sold lipstick. It was custom lipstick. So if you came to my table at a trade show, girl, you were walking away with no less than two, two tubes of lipstick from me. Okay. okay. But when it got down to trying to sell you those same two tubes e-commerce on the e-commerce platform to strangers where I couldn't show up and you couldn't really experience my product in real life, I struggled with sales online. And it was actually that struggle that made me wonder like, what am I doing wrong, Tara? You know, and it, it, it took me down the rabbit hole to realize at that time I was boosting posts and promoting posts, but I was not running ads through Facebook ads manager. And that's what all brands, all the big brands that were successful were doing. Mm -hmm. And so really that interest and in helping my own business took me down the rabbit hole to get excited about ads. And I got more excited about ads and helping brand founders than I did even about the lipstick business. And that's why I am where I am today. Okay. So what yep. was the biggest thing that you were struggling with when you had your mm -hmm. e-commerce brand? Like, I know you said you were struggling with sales, but like, what was that thing? What specifically? Yeah. Um... It was, it was actually a combo of everything. So, you know, when it comes to e-commerce stores, there's the traffic piece and the conversion piece, mm -hmm. right? And I realized I didn't, I wasn't getting enough traffic mm -hmm. to my e-commerce site, but then my site wasn't optimized for conversions either. Mm. You know, so the two pieces were lacking, to be honest. I was just floundering all over the place with that, you know. And I later realized once I got the conversion piece together, you know, I think I went through, honestly, Terry, I probably went through five different sites over the course of maybe three years of keep revising it and getting somebody else to design it. Finally, the site I settled on was the one I made myself, mm -hmm. but it was only through me going to my competitors. I made custom lipstick. So the only brand that I knew that did custom lipstick was Bite Beauty Lab at that time. Mm -hmm. And there are some small brands that do it. I think there's one called Finding Ferdinand who does where you can mail in your colors or choose from a color wheel. But Bite Beauty Lab was the go-to for custom blended lipstick, right? So I went to Bite site and I went to Finding Ferdinand site and I started looking at the layout of that site and comparing it to my site's layout, mm. you know, and I saw where I was lacking, where I wasn't getting those conversions. I didn't have all the things they had. And it wasn't really about, you know, I didn't have the money they had behind them, of course, but there were still things that I could do with my limited budget to make my conversions better. So then I get all that together, but then I still have a traffic problem. People aren't coming to the site. I'm posting online about it. I'm saying I'm doing the reels. I'm doing, well, reels weren't a thing back there. I'm doing IGTV mm -hmm. and I'm showing up on Insta, but I'm not getting the traffic. Mm -hmm. And that's where Facebook ads really came in. That's when I, when I realized that what I was missing was a way to get strangers to really come to my site so that they could convert. So... You went through five rebrands oh, yeah. on your website oh, yeah. oh, before yeah. you settled on the final website. Mm -hmm. And in the process of those five rebrands, you still did not increase your conversions. Were those mm -hmm. rebrands focused on aesthetics primarily? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Of course, okay. of course. It was the look of it. Because nobody would told me, or I didn't know the right experts to seek out mm -hmm. to explain to me that it's so much less about the aesthetics. I mean, it needs to look branded and it needs to match the vibe that you want and it should be aesthetically pleasing. But some of the most successful sites 
are not fancy. You know what I'm saying? They don't have all the things that maybe a Sephora or NYX site has, but they're still converting like crazy. Mm-hmm. So I was missing the mark on things like those trust badges. You know what I mean? I didn't know that I should have little pop-up boxes said, do you have questions about you know, this product, contact us right here and chat with somebody, you know, that would take them to maybe Facebook Messenger. You know, I didn't know that I should really flush out my FAQs, not spend five minutes on them Mm -hmm. and put two or three things on there. Really think about the questions that I'm being asked or that I'm going to be asked about this product and really go in on those FAQs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And no stuff like that. Having the the testimonials. I had press around my products, which was another mind-blowing thing. They landed on Essence Magazine's blog. I was in Washingtonian Magazine. Great press. I had a great PR person. But also that wasn't giving me the traffic that I needed either, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was really, you know, I spent a lot of time in that business frustrated and disappointed and just trying to figure out what I'm doing wrong. I knew my product was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that emotion that I don't want. And I know you feel this too about your clientele and, you know, the people that come to you. I don't want nobody to feel like that anymore. Right. You know, it, yeah. it takes so much out of you. And, you know, yes, you're going to work hard in this business. Yes, it's going to be stressful. But some of these things that we are just like grinding, you know, against the current with, we don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people to explain to us what we're doing wrong. If we'll listen, mm-hmm. we can figure it out. You know what I mean? Okay. And I spent right. a lot of time frustrated in that in that space. So basically, for y'all that didn't catch it, I want to just summarize a little bit of what Aaliyah just shared, because... A lot of people think that a a rebrand is the answer to your sales Mm. problem, and Mm -hmm. it is not, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've come across so many people, so many brands, they're like, oh, I just want to do my packaging over. I just want to do my website over. That's not the answer to your sales problem. And Aaliyah is a testament to that. Five rebrands in three years, and still her conversions were not increasing. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure y'all caught that, okay? Yeah, absolutely. As a result of your experience with the Mm -hmm. beauty brand, the lipstick company, um, how did that help you kind of get into the space that you're in today with helping brands with the Facebook ads? Yeah, I think I can identify first from being on the side of just selling beauty for so many years, you know what I mean? And then from actually having my own brand. I can identify with all those frustrations. Like Mm -hmm. I know exactly what my client is feeling, you know, and even when they say something, I honestly know what they really mean because I felt that, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll explain it a certain way and that's not really what we want to say. There's a different emotion behind that. There's often a desperation behind it, you know, that I think only having been in this industry, can you understand, Mm. you know, um, that concept of, I just need to get this influencer, my, you know, my product, she has 50,000 followers. And I know that, you know, if I just send it to her, this is going to be it, you know, and then sending it to her and it not being it, you know, that's a, that's a lot. It's a lot, you know, of disappointment. So I think that I've been told that, you know, being on that side of things, when I work with clients, it really helps them because they feel like they have an ally for the first time to have someone who really understands what they're going through, mm-hmm. you know, and also understanding, you know, I didn't work with big brands, you know, what my clients are not big brands. So I understand small budgets too, 
Mm. You know, so I understand when I'm telling you to do something or teaching you how to do something with ads, I'm thinking about not wasting your money, Mm. you know, and working within the budget that you have and Mm. not allowing you to feel like this isn't good enough because it's not thousands or hundreds or millions of dollars. You know, what you have is good enough. We're going to find a way to spend this in the smartest way possible. Because I know that feeling, you know, scraping together, taking loans, taking cash advances, throwing stuff on credit cards, your personal card, Mm because your business card is maxed out. I know all that. Mm. You know, I know all that. So tell me a little bit more about your company, Ray of Light Digital, and what are some of the services or even, you know, support that you provide your clients? For sure. For sure. So um, I work one-on-one with clients uh, in their Facebook ads manager account. Because that's another thing that I see is lacking, Tara. There's a lot of courses and classes out there, but it's sometimes hard. I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be hard, but it's hard to translate this into your screen. You know what I mean? You can watch somebody talk about it, explain it to the untempt degree, you know, all sorts of detail. And then you pull up your Facebook ads manager account and you're like, wait, what? You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's that feeling, you know? So I work within your ad account with you. Like we're on Zoom, we're screen sharing, I'm screen sharing, I'm in your account and I'm working as you, doing things, fixing things, setting things up, but explaining as I go. Mm -hmm. And that whole space is recorded so that you can go back and see exactly what I did. You can ask questions in real time. So I work one-on-one with clients starting in January. I'm really excited because I'm gonna be working in group coaching. So I'm going to have a small group coaching. It's going to be six weeks with a bonus seventh week, depending on when you sign up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to just go through everything you need to do to get set up for success and run your ads on purpose, you know, and with purpose. A lot of times, and I saw this myself, running ads out of desperation. When I was boosting posts or promoting posts, you know, it was Black Friday weekend and Black Friday didn't do that good for me. And I'm hoping Cyber Monday will. And so I'm like, all right, I got $50. Let me make an ad real quick. Those never work. You know what I mean? There's no purpose behind them. There's no plan. There's no strategy. It's just a space of lack. It's a space of, you know, desperation that you're kind of really setting that up. And I want us to avoid that. And so my group coaching is going to teach you to how to run ads on purpose, you know, Mm. Um, and that will start in January, you know. We can say that a little bit more. What does running ads on purpose mean? Yeah, so running ads on purpose is really, to me, a mindset. You know, it's not running ads because you need to right now, okay? And by that, I mean, you don't run ads just when you want the sale. You run ads to warm up and expose your client to your brand so that when you get to the point where you want the sale, you actually have a chance of getting it. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays I see so many brands where I have a new product launch. You know, I redid my site. You know, I need sales. Or I've invested in all this, you know, product is sitting in my garage and I need to move it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we're running ads from that space of really needing them versus wanting to run them because we know that if we spend a little bit little by little eventually when that time comes when we need that money we can cash in on it because we've warmed up our audience you know so so it's that purpose behind it so what are some of the ways that folks can use ads to warm up their audience are you saying that they should be running ads 
all the time, no matter what. Absolutely. Like, oh, absolutely. Every single day. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, just make Most that clear. definitely. <laughs> okay. So, okay, yeah. What are some of the things that brands can do to warm up their audience? So first of all, you mm. need to be running ads all the time. Okay. All the time. Yes. Here. <laughs> yes, most definitely. So there needs to be at any given moment ads that are running with the goal of exposing and nurturing your clients. So exposing a new audience to your brand and then nurturing the current audience. Okay. Mm -hmm. Exposing a new audience would be like, you know, let's say use my lipstick line. I know that people that like my lipstick also like Fenty Beauty. Okay. Let's say that. So I want to expose this Fenty Beauty audience to my lipstick line. That's I'm running ads just to say, hey, over here, there's another option, you know, no big deal. Come check me out. Look at this pretty color. You know, you're not, I'm not asking her to buy. Mm. I'm just dating her right now. You know, I'm just getting to know her, making sure she knows I exist. Mm -hmm. And then once she's seen my ads, then I kind of want to nurture that interest a little more. So I'm running ads to, you know, at any given moment, there's new people in the Fenty audience that are just saying, oh, wow, okay, this is new. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who've already seen me a little bit that are getting more exposure that are being nurtured by me. And again, I'm still saying the same thing. Hey, let me tell you a little bit about me, you know? Oh, welcome back. You're here again. Let me tell you a little mm -hmm. bit about me or why I made this brand or why this lipstick is special, you know? Mm -hmm. Once you've exposed and nurtured, then you can ask for money, but not before that then you can ask for the sale. Mm -hmm. And usually we skip straight to the selling ads. We right. want to run conversion campaigns. Mm -hmm. The call to action button says shop now, but she don't even know who you are. Right. She don't know who you are, but it's, it's that. And I want to be clear because this is where you and I gel so well, the ads is part of the strategy. So I'm exposing and nurturing with ads, but that's not all I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing emails. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my content marketing. I'm doing my organic posts. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm doing all the things to expose and nurture, you mm -hmm. know, to get her ready for the big sale, right. big, big ask from her, you know? And so it's taking that time and investing that time and understanding that customer journey. You know, that's also a part of this ads on purpose mindset, understanding how, thinking about how we shop. Yeah. You know, when I, I just brought, well, not just, I brought a couple months ago, probably need to sell it because I haven't used it in forever, but I brought one of those little booty machines, right? You do the squats. It's like the DB method. It really is supposed to work if you use what it. What is it? Okay. A booty machine. It's a booty machine. It helps your stomach and your butt, girl. You hold on to it. It's like an assisted squat machine. It's very okay. simple, very lightweight. You're going to have to you show me your later because I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hold on to it and then you go up and down like on a bouncing with your butt. You got to use your thighs, okay? Okay. It helps you with squats. Thing is about $300. Mm -hmm. I looked at that thing, Tara, for a solid six months before I purchased it. You know, mm -hmm. I saw it. I went and read reviews. Mm. I wasn't ready to buy it. Mm -hmm. I sent it to my homegirl. You ever seen this thing? Oh yeah, one of my friends has seen it. Okay, that's another customer touch point, you know? Right. I get an ad from them because I've gone to their site. So then they start giving me ads and mm -hmm. I see the ads and I look at them, but I keep scrolling. I don't buy it. Right. I go, I put it in my cart, but I still don't buy it. You know, I subscribe to get 10% off. Now I start getting their emails about it. I read one of them. Most of them I delete, but I open one or two. 
-hmm. haven't bought it. You know, it took me months before I bought it, but I did eventually buy it, Mm -hmm. you know? So that is how we shop. And the bigger the, the price ticket, the longer it takes, you know, think about what you do when you need a car. Mm-hmm. You research like crazy. You ask people, you know, your uncle brought a, a Jaguar. Well, how is his? Were the repairs high? And right. you know what I mean? You look up, ask dad to look up consumer reports. You read reviews. You go to the dealership once, twice. We don't just shell out money like that. So understanding that is so key to Facebook ads and to running them with purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, realizing that every little step you take is not going to be such a ran an ad, got a sale, ran an ad, got a sale. It doesn't work like that. You know, Mm -hmm. there's going to be times when you run ads and you don't get the sale today, but Mm -hmm. you invested in a sale two weeks from now. Mm -hmm. You gave a time and money investment into a sale that's going to come your way three months from now. So why not? You know what I mean? So it's basically, they need to be in it for the long haul, right? Yes, definitely. Really a customer attraction, awareness building strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, and they need to understand that customers are not just going to buy the first time mm-hmm. they see your ads. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. So yeah, what- three to four months is what we say in the business as ads managers, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why a lot of time an ads manager will make you sign at least a six month retainer because she knows, you know, if you pay her for two months, you're going to be disappointed because she can't right. get your results in two months. The results right. don't happen until maybe month four, really, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. especially if they weren't uh, like if they didn't have the pixel installed on their website for sure they don't have any yeah traffic, they don't have any audiences right so we started from scratch yeah we started from scratch most um, definitely so one of the things that i love and i just connected the dots talking to you and i'm sure you already connected the dots because you're the expert at this yeah. um is how you brought your retail experience to Mm -hmm. selling products to the Mm -hmm. ad strategies that you share with your clients. Now, I know that this was a secret. Yeah. Share it with my community. So I'm kind of putting you on the screen here. Go ahead. Okay, I would love for you to share um, your strategy of how to bring a more personalized approach to selling your products through using Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I share with your community, but I can answer the question. Um, more, what did I what did I talk about? Was, were you like, what did I say? Okay, I'm gonna remind you. It was the um the event. Oh yeah, yes. pop up. And I was okay. like, I was like, yeah. yo, I'm about to sell game a changer. just to do this strategy because this yeah. is genius. Yeah, game changer. So basically, um, it is you. Okay. Like I said before, when I would be in front of you, when I would have my table at a vending event would sell out of my lipstick. You know, if you walked, if you walked over to me and talked, you felt my passion, you experienced my products, you fell in love with me or you didn't, you know what I mean? But for the most part, you liked me. Oh, she's cool. She's from Jersey. Oh, we've had a connection, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And then you bought. But you can't do that with e-commerce, but there is a way that you can, you know? So what I recommend is doing a virtual pop-up shop. And this is not even, I didn't invent this idea. It's being done with QVC and Home Shopping Network. Mm -hmm. You know, you turn on these channels 
and they are taking a product, honey, and they are showing it and explaining it and talking about it. And somebody is the expert. And then there's always someone who's clueless about it. I mean, we know she's not really clueless, but she plays <laughs> clueless. You know what I'm saying? Well, oh my God, this is, smells so good. And wow, it's, it's really lightweight, y'all, you know? And they're doing that back and forth of, you know, expert and novice. And that novice is kind of asking all the questions that you're thinking at home. Mm -hmm. You know, well, can I wear this on the weekends? You know, all those things she's saying, she's checking all those buttons, all those FAQs, you know, mm -hmm. and you run this as an event on Facebook. Okay. Mm -hmm. Reason why you run it as an event on Facebook is because Facebook will then allow you to capture everyone who has interacted with that event um, in any way, shape or form and retarget them with ads. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you get 5,000 people. And this is not un unheard of because there are even ads to run traffic to the event. There's even a separate type of ads for that. Mm. But let's say you get 5,000 people that come to that event page. Only 50 people may attend. You know, that's no big deal. You're going to sell product to those 50 people because you're going to have a flash sale coupon code, limited time. Again, think about what Home Shopping Network does, QVC does. You got this little ticker and the time yeah. is and then they show you there's only 14 left, 13 left. You're like, oh my God, I can remember my mother now, girl. Right. Well, let me call this, write you this number down. Card out, like, let me get my wallet, let me call in, let me make sure I'm ready, get this deal done, yeah. Hurry up and write this number down. Remember, remember these digits, Aaliyah. She would yeah. be like, remember these digits, 4474. And I'm like, 4474, 4477, <laughs> <laughs> You know, cause she did not want to get down to one and then she couldn't get this thing, you know? Right. So. You're going to do that same, build that same uh, limited time feeling, you know, what is that called? Time sensitive offer, mm -hmm. you know, so you'll have a flash sale around your products. You'll be dropping the coupon code and telling people to shop. And so not only will you get sales during the event, okay, because there's an excitement, there's there your client's chance, your customer's chance to ask you questions because think about it, they can just post those questions and you can answer them in real time. They're not sending an email to customer service or waiting for you to get back to them or any of that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so um, you'll get sales at that time. But even more important to me is that you'll capture an audience that can be retargeted with ads. And those ads can be so specific. You can get it from... Hey, real quick, it's Tara. I want to interrupt this episode to help you with something I hear from my community far too often. I get constant emails, DMs, and messages from e-commerce and product-based founders that are struggling with how to properly market their brands online for growth. Because thus far, they've posted online, they've told their friends and family, but they're not having any luck. So I decided to do something about it, and I put together a free gift for you. It's called the Profitable Marketing Playbook. Inside the playbook, you're going to learn what it takes for your brand to win online, the action steps that you need to take to create marketing campaigns that are going to get you paid. You'll even get access to the same framework that we use with my clients in order to consistently grow their visibility and sales. The playbook also includes a checklist because I know some of y'all love your checklist and inside this checklist is going to show you what to spend most of your time focused on and it will cover the metrics that you need to monitor for each of your campaigns so you know if you're getting a good return. 
I know that you're tired of struggling with sales and you're ready to grow your brand so you can finally experience double-digit growth. So right now, I want you to go to www.profitablemarketingplaybook.com or scroll down to the show notes now to grab your free copy today. Why is it important to lead with an event so you can then retarget a customer? And, And for those that don't know, explain what retargeting is. Sure, sure. That's a good one. So retargeting is just getting in front of a warm audience again. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the difference between an ad that is just regular and a retargeting ad could be an identical ad, but you're showing that retargeting ad to people who this is not their first time with you. You've seen, they've seen you already. Okay. So why it's so important is because you will log more touch points with her. Right. So maybe her first introduction to your brand is the event is watching this live Facebook event where you talk about your serum or your lip color or your hair deep conditioner. Right. She may not buy right then and there, because remember, this is only time number one. But because she watched, you've captured her. You don't have her email address. You don't know her name. But Facebook has captured exactly who she is. And you can forevermore run ads to her and get in front of her a second time, a third time, a seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth time to get her to buy, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's that creating warm audiences. That should always be our goal, taking the cold and turning them into warm. And we should be doing everything we can to bring in more warm audiences because the more warm audiences we have, the bigger our warm audience the better, better our chance to actually sell to them. You know, we it's the game of numbers. So you got a warm audience of a hundred people, not all a hundred are going to buy, right. you know, you got a warm audience of a thousand, you're going to get a bigger percentage to buy more money, 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million. It's just a game of numbers, you know? Right. right. And numbers are so important. Do you focus with your um, clients on how to actually read the data and understand the numbers. Oh yeah, that with the strategy. What are for sure? You look at. So you want to look at one of the important one, and it depends on the type of ad campaign. Mm-hmm. So the objective is going to determine what numbers you should really be looking at, to be honest. But one that is very important when you're running traffic campaigns, which are really popular, those are ones that send people to your website, mm-hmm. is the click through rate click-through rate, it'll be CTR, click-through rate, yeah, CTR, okay? That's gonna tell you how relevant your ad is to your audience. So in other words, if you're running an ad and you got this, what you think is a great picture and a great caption to it, and you're showing it to people in the Fenty Beauty world who like Fenty Beauty, and less than 1% of them are motivated enough to just click on the learn more button. Mm-hmm. Not buy, just click on whatever your call to action button is. Then that's a problem. Then that tells you that your great picture that you thought was so wonderful maybe needs to be tweaked. Maybe you need to scrap that one and try something different or try different words. Mm-hmm. Because 1% is a, just a benchmark. 1% of everybody in that audience should at least be motivated enough to click on the button. So you want to look at your click-through rate. And then the higher the click-through rate, the better. You know, if something is getting 10% click-through rate, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, 10% of everybody that's seeing this ad is so inspired to click through. That's a great rate. 
you know, but 1% is really that benchmark. So if you see less than one, it's a problem. Stop mm -hmm. running the ad. Mm -hmm. Don't keep wasting money on it. If you've run it for three to five days and it's at 1%, it's not going to get better. It's not going to be at 3% in a week or 5% in two months. No, it's still going to be one or less. Mm -hmm. So stop spending money on that and go back to the drawing board to try to find a picture or a graphic that will inspire that Fenty Beauty audience to action. Got it. And you know? what... What's a good like budget to have for running ads? Yeah, so when you're in the expose and nurture phase, ten dollars a day is good. Okay, okay. Um, I say that's about the minimum that you should be able to cough up for it. You know, mm -hmm. more is better, of course. And there might be days or a weekend that you can run it for more. You can boost it up to twenty dollars a day. You know, versus ten. So do that. So don't just be you know stuck in that space. You know, but um when it comes to conversion ads or ads for selling, you're going to have to spend more because mm -hmm. Facebook is going to charge you based on how much you're asking people to do. So think about it, getting people to look at an ad, super cheap, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't take much energy or commitment or, you know, skin off my teeth to look at something mm -hmm. right now, getting me to type in my email address, that's something personal to me mm -hmm. that takes time for me to type it. That's going to cost a little more getting me to spend on your products even more, you know, so you should be willing as you move across the board from just exposing people to really asking them to do more, then you should be ready to spend more on those actions. So your conversion ads, I always say it should really be about the price of your average, um, your hero product. So if you have a hero product, that's 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. should be, don't think you can spend $10 a day on a conversion campaign and get conversions. You know what I mean? It might take you four days to get one. Got it. Got it. You see so what I'm saying? So you should, the price of your pretty much product yeah. per day on per ads day on conversion ads. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, if it, your product was about 40 bucks, I would spend no less than 30, 35. And 50 would be great, mm -hmm. you know, 50 would be great, but you can't have a hundred dollar product, spend 20 bucks a day, you know, think of how hard it is because when you're running a conversion campaign, you, you know, imagine it like a, a audience or a room full of people, you know, and you start to ask people, how many people are willing to look at a picture of this product and 99 out of a hundred are like, I mean, I'll look at it. You know what I mean? Right. Now, how many people, now leave the room if you're not willing to, so one person leaves. How many people are willing to type in your email address to get more info on your product? You know, maybe half the room is like, eh, I don't really want to do all that. Okay, go ahead and leave the room, you know? Mm -hmm. How many people are going to, willing to buy this $100 product today? Mm -hmm. You got another big wave of people that leave, and then maybe you're left with five or 10 people that are willing to buy it. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So Facebook is searching out of this audience for those five or 10 that is willing to buy it. And that takes energy on Facebook's end. And so they're going to charge you for that energy. They're going to charge you for that search. And that's why it's going to be more expensive for you. Have you, does that make sense? It makes total sense. Okay. Um, and if there's questions about this, definitely let us know, you know, because mm -hmm. I know we're getting into some of the technical stuff about ads. Um, I want to hear your 
perspective and from your experience in running ads for a period of time now, have you seen a change since the iOS updates took effect? For sure. So the ads though, the iOS update affects conversion ads the most mm. and it affects your ability to retarget your website visitors. Mm. So basically people are still going to websites as frequently and as often with iOS update. Like that hasn't stopped people from visiting your site, mm -hmm. but instead of being just, you know, visible and open about who they are, imagine you had a store and now people are coming in with big old shades and a hoodie dressed in all black. And you mm -hmm. can't tell you like, I think it's Tara, but I don't want to make a fool out of myself and be like, Hey Tara, you know what I mean? So right. You come in, you don't say anything to me, you pick up your item and you roll out. You know, because of that, I can't give you the personal Tara experience. I can't show you the new products that I know you would like because you're Tara. You know, I can't call you back or do anything with you because you came to my store and you shopped, but you came like incognito, you came in disguise. Mm. So that's what the iOS update has done. So people are still hands down shopping, but they are not being, they're not uh, revealing themselves. And so because of that, it, it tightens your ability to really give them a personalized experience and most importantly, to follow up with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't call you and say, Tara, I know you were in last week, but this week that product you love is in because I don't know if you were in last week. Right, right. You see what I mean? So with back in the day, this was like gold that anybody that came to your site, you could retarget get in front of them again, capture them, you know, whether they left their email address or not, just their presence on your site allowed you to capture them and get in front of them again with ads. If now, not so much, because again, remember they're coming in incognito. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They're coming in incognito. So it's, it's reduced your ability to do that by 40, no, by 60%. So they think that about, yeah. 60%. So of, Yes. So maybe of the hundred people that come, you can only retarget 40 of them. There's only 40 that you can actually see. Mm -hmm. Wow. I had no idea. So 60%. here's the thing. If you were the type of person who only relied on website traffic, uh, retargeting for your ads campaign, you and you in a you tight spot, you in trouble. Right. Right. But that was never the only place that you could get warm customers from. Mm -hmm. So right now it's making people go from being a little bit more uh, lazy or it was easier back in the day. And it's making us think more about how we're going to retarget people. So ads are still as powerful or strong, but not if you're trying to do it in the old way. You must adjust and get outside of this concept that all my magic happens from website retargeting ads because they just don't, it doesn't anymore because you can't reach that audience. Sheesh, 60%. Mm. I'm still stuck. Yes. Wow. Yes. No wonder my yes. conversion ads are in the trash right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Um, yeah. And I've heard it from my clients as well. Like yeah. their ads just simply stop working, especially if they were relying on ads primarily to get in front of people, like you're saying, mm. it fails through retargeting. Um, yeah, but I didn't realize that reduction was that steep. So mm -hmm. wow. very steep, very steep. Because most people that use, I mean, I think the world, I don't know what the percentages of iPhone or Android users, but it's a lot of iPhone users. I think it's more right. than Android. And then, you, you know, iPhone users outpace the Android now? Because I thought the Androids was still 
I thought that there were more no. Android devices. Okay, now there's more iPhones. Maybe it is more iPhone usage on Facebook and Instagram then. Got that it. could okay. be. That could okay. be. You know what I mean? Because it is a primary source. I think iPhone is a primary source yeah. of between the cell phones on those platforms, at least. Got it. Got it. And so here's here. What do you think about the metaverse and how is that going to impact? Your I don't know, girl. I can't even wrap my brain around this little stuff. I'm the same <laughs> way. Listen, I'm like, I'm okay, like, I'll wait till we get to it. It's enough to worry about right now. I, I don't right. know. I don't know. I know that they're working really hard to figure out this privacy stuff because, you know, Apple, um, they knew what they were doing when they did this update. Like they knew that it was going to adversely affect Facebook mm -hmm. and Apple's standpoint I've heard was that, well, we don't make no money off of y'all ads. So, so what, you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, kind of like a strong middle fingers around at each other. Pretty much like, mm, I mean, say we don't get no cuts off all your ad revenue. So yeah, we're doing it. You can't okay. stop us. Okay. Yeah. Petty, a little bit petty. This is corporate pettiness 101, y'all. Yes, exactly, exactly. So Facebook is definitely working feverishly to figure out a way around because if they lose this ads revenue, that's their only revenue. That's the exactly. only way that they make this, uh, make money as a business. Mm -hmm. So I'm really confident that in the next year or two, something, some sort of workaround is going to come out that is going to make it a lot easier to run ads despite the updates you know what i mean but in the meantime you have to be very resourceful and smart about what you're doing and you can't have just a one note one hit wonder ad strategy you know mm -hmm. what i mean that's why things like the event response ads are so magical right because anything that you do on the facebook platform is still fair game mm -hmm. The iOS updated affected uh, your actions when you leave Facebook. It said, no, Facebook, you're not allowed to follow me and capture anything I'm doing outside of your platform. Got but it. it didn't affect anything that you do when you open Facebook and Instagram. Once you open them and use them, you're agreeing to whatever terms and whatever they want in their world. Mm -hmm. It just was iOS that said, no, Facebook, how are you going to follow me? to Nordstrom site or to Sephora site. No, I'm not on Facebook no more. You stay over there. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So there's still a lot of retargeting that can happen from actions that are taken within the platform. Mm -hmm. And that's where ads managers are turning to now to get results for their clients based off of those warm audiences. So that's why I say you got to create more warm audiences. You got to keep people on Facebook and Instagram as long as possible, be it with video content, be it with carousel posts. Carousel posts are as important in Facebook's mind and count as much for engagement as likes, comments, shares, and saves. Mm. So when a person just does one swipe, mm -hmm. they can capture that person the same way as if that same person wrote a whole comment or shared a post. Got it. Got it. So how, you know, insignificant, how much, you know, low energy is a swipe through? I mean, I swipe through, even if the first picture is dumb, I swipe through to see the second. Because I'm nosy. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to see, okay, this is weird, but oh, there's more stuff. Let me see what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So being smart about what type of posts we're putting out there, mm -hmm. putting more carousel posts to keep her on your page longer, to keep her more engaged longer. 
to capture her engagement, no matter what she does, even if she doesn't follow you, I don't care. You went through my little carousel, so I got you and I can retarget you. So I'm going to switch gears here and I want to ask you about entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. You've been doing this for some time now, especially running your own business and now um, consulting with brands on their Facebook ad strategy. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned thus far in entrepreneurship? Um, I think give yourself the grace to change your mind, you know, Mm -hmm. about things. So, and I've seen this and I've talked to friends about it too. When I first started my business, the ads management business, you know, I thought I wanted to manage ads for big brands, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I was going after. And then I decided I don't want to, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to teach, I want to coach Mm -hmm. and that's okay. You know, I feel like sometimes we feel like the path that we started has to be the path that we finish. You know, I'm okay with, I might decide five years from now, I don't want to even have anything to do with Facebook ads management. And I want to pursue another entrepreneurial journey. I'm that's fine. I'm allowed to. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, you know, especially from school, you know, being a good student, you want to, you started something, you need to finish it. You know, like, does it mean that I didn't, I wasn't good at running ads for bigger brands? Is that why I switched gears? You know, I don't have to explain anything of that. You know, I, I, I discovered surprisingly that I really just like teaching mm-hmm. and I'm, and it's totally okay for me. And I give myself forgiveness and grace to totally switch gears. Even if that means resetting and not taking clients for a couple of months, as I mean, if I'm not asking nobody to pay my bills, that's my decision, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I think that we don't allow that. You know, I have a friend who um, is in the wedding industry and she has decided she does, she's in a gifted florist, but she's decided that she doesn't really want to do wedding florals anymore. Mm-hmm. She wants to do like small arrangements for people's homes. Mm-hmm. And she's beating herself up about it and going back and forth because she's got, you know, she's successful at it and she's got friends that are successful, but she just, it don't fill her up anymore. She doesn't like it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, that's fine. You could have done it for 20 years and decide, nope, not today. Give yourself grace to change the path completely or do something not even related to the wedding industry or flowers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest. um, And and even when I had my lipstick line, it was like, I didn't spend so much money, invested so much time in this. All my family and friends know me as a lipstick girl. You know what I mean? How do I now just shut this down? Mm -hmm. Like, am I a failure? You know, and I had to, I felt so relieved when I changed gears, when I shut it down and I had to say the same way I started it, I can stop it. Yeah. You know, and that's okay to just do something completely different. You know, families, what are you going to do with all your lipstick stuff? Throw it out. I'm done with it. (laughs) I don't need it no more. I don't do that anymore. It's mine. I paid for it. I'm not asking you for money back for it. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. I'll do whatever I want with it. You know? Yeah. I feel like the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that can recognize and identify when it's time to pivot or make a change and they don't sit on it. They actually make a change, right? Yes. Because what's worse than changing is not changing. And like, you know, for your friend that's in the wedding floral industry, you know, her thinking about her life, I'm sure she's thinking if I continue to do this and I'm not happy, I'm not fulfilled. 
Mm-hmm. What will my life look like? Right. 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 A lot of additional stress and misery yeah. that you don't want to have to carry into entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is really supposed to be freeing. And like exactly that um, really are successful. They can recognize they want to change and they change it quickly. I mean, yeah, you pivoted sure. several times. Yeah. I've certainly pivoted several times. And I know I've come up against family members that were like, yo, are you serious? You won't quit that job? Right. You, you doing this? You changing this again? Like, right. what's going right. on, right? You get those comments and the side eyes and people doubting you yep. or questioning what you are doing. But I just want to elaborate on that. Like, make sure that you're doing what's best for you. And for like sure. you just said, give yourself grace. Give yourself grace because you don't want to be stuck in something, doing something that you don't love when you're supposed to be getting free through this entrepreneurship journey. Exactly. I really appreciate that. When it starts to feel worse than working for the man, then that's a problem. Right? You know, we leave leave the man and then we start working for the man and we are the man. Right. (laughs) We turn into the man in our business. That's a problem. We don't. It's it's hard work. Absolutely. You know, let's not get that Mm -hmm. twisted. It's not easy breezy, but it should never feel like when you used to work for your boss, yep. you know, you should not feel miserable in it. You need to reevaluate if that's the case. Something is not right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, no, it, it never going to be easy, but there should, still should be a lightness to it, you know, a joy to it, a passion, a, a feeling of fulfillment to it. Else, maybe you're doing the wrong business, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or doing it in the wrong way. Right, right. Yeah. So last question, and I like to wrap up the interviews with this question for all of our guests. So you know the podcast is focused on marketing, money, and mindset. Right. On a scale of one to 10, I'm going to say the word. You tell me where you fit on that scale with each of them. So Hmm. where do you fit with marketing? For my, we're talking about for my own business, right? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. You know, I'm critical of myself and I see so many things that I want to do and ways that I want to improve. So I'm giving myself a six on marketing because I think I can do it a lot, lot better. Okay. And money. Well, I always want more. So (laughs) definitely (laughs) not a 10. General consensus. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm happy and able to take care of myself and my family, you know, so I'm going to give it an eight because there's more to strive for, definitely. Okay. And then mindset. Um, nine on mindset. You know, I, I work really hard to keep my mental strong in all this. You know, um, one of my favorite books, You Are a Badass at Making Money. Mm-hmm. She talks about going to the mental gym, the emotional gym, and like tuning up your mental mindset muscles, you know. So there are days that I'm going to say, uh, what I say, a nine? I'm going to say a nine now. There are days that I feel like a six or a five, but that's when I get on it, you know, and realize why am I thinking like this? You know, I need to listen to one of my favorite podcasts. I need to read, you know, one of my favorite books or look at something inspirational, talk to a girlfriend who I know is going to get my mind right. You know what I mean? So that definitely is always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see it as extremely valuable because to me, if the mindset ain't right, you ain't going to have the money. And you won't be able to put forth the effort you need to in the marketing, period. That is a fact. That is a yeah. fact. And I think yeah. you could just drop the mic on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's serious, yeah. 
listen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Um, We hope you all enjoyed this episode and I will see you all next time. Bye.